Oh shoot, is that licensed? <laughs> I know. Y'all ready for this? We're gonna have to take that out. Demonetized. Demonetized. <laughs> Well, hello, hello again, and welcome to Circling Circe. I'm Rose. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Gloria. And we are here to pump you up. Oh. Uh. I, didn't, I didn't know what else to say. Are you going to put the claps in? Uh, we are here to pump to you pump up. You up. Ooh. Uh. So let's check in. What's going on? What's happening? What are the haps? What's the haps, As caps? the youngins say. Speaking of like youngins, let's let's we're gonna go way off topic before we get into this. But um, have you heard the word chuggy? Is that how you say it? Chuggy. Yeah, the new like no. it's this new thing that Gen is it Gen Z? I it's so funny. I don't even know. The Gen so. Zers are saying about like it's like live laugh love signs and like. A Starbucks cup that's bedazzled and skinny jeans and it's like all the things that we thought were cool or not we but like that millennial women kind of think are cool and they're like that's so chuggy what we got an urban dictionary that I know see what the origin is let's see let's do it chuggy let's see how we can humiliate ourselves this week can I just share that I, when I Googled Chugi, um, the way in which I thought it maybe it was spelled, the first entry oh, I get is Chugi may refer to a Japanese anal cleaning tool. <laughs> yeah, it's a C-H-E-U-G-Y. Uh, but I'm glad that we know that there are those things yeah. in Japan. Wow. People.com says... What does chuggy mean? If you're still confused, we rounded up the most helpful explainers. Oh my gosh, I totally have one of those stupid Lululemon bags. It's like boss lady mugs. Oh. Lasagna is chuggy? <laughs> you sounded so sad. <laughs> lasagna? Is, is it chuggy? lasagna or is it oh, my lasagna? Oh, there's a whole Instagram. Chug life. It was coined by a now 23-year-old white woman in 2013 while a student at Beverly Hills High School on whom the irony is apparently lost. Is that real? <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm not so, sure I would believe. I know. That's <laughs> yeah. Urban Dictionary. But that doesn't tell me where, like, of the word, what the origin is, like, the, the root. I just feel like, okay, can I get real for a moment? Like irony and yeah. comedy aside i just feel like shit like this is so stupid like what do you care what people like yes. or don't mm -hmm. like i just feel like let people enjoy things and shut the fuck up like why <laughs> why right. does it matter to you i will say that i know that i'm old because i don't give a shit anymore like i i've seen like the stuff on tiktok that are like side parts out and skinny jeans. i'm like i'm not no like i like F all of this. I am not about the like, oh, I better change my style up so no young kid makes fun of me. I'm just like, I'm going to wear what I want to wear that looks good on my body. Yeah. That mm -hmm. I don't care what any style guide tells me. But I will say <laughs> that mom jeans look good on nobody. <laughs> okay? Let's just, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to put my foot down on that one. I just don't 
like do you really care that much like do people really care so much to set up on instagram that is pointing out all of these things that people like that are supposedly quote unquote uncool or out of fashion or whatever why do you care why do you care go join a book club yeah why is this news (laughs) you know says the word chuggy is already chuggy chugs to the chugs okay (laughs) <laughs> it's so meadow. Shit. that's refinery 29 and i believe i refuse to subscribe to an ideology that calls lasagna uncool because lasagna is delicious yeah lasagna is not supposed to be cool it's supposed to be eaten hot stupid <laughs> that, was, that was a stretch and this is why i love gloria <laughs> exactly <laughs> Anyway, this has been quite a long intro. <laughs> Chap recap. Let's do it. Chap cap. All right. So <laughs> this chuggy cap. <laughs> I mean, chapter cap. That word is now banned from this Whoop. podcast. No more chuggy. All right. This chapter, I feel like, is kind of just a slew of Greek, Greek myths, God punishments, and follies. And there are these huge events that happen that Cersei kind of mentions um, that are really big to mortals, but they almost seem kind of like nothing to the gods, right? To them, they just kind of burn fast and then kind of die. I I felt like they were like these shooting stars of these moments, like, oh, whatever. And Prometheus already seems like a distant dream. So, um, you know, she does mention that he is punished by being tied to a rock and having an eagle rip out his liver every single oh, day. Nice. Then it regrows every night, and this just happens again and again. Yeah, it's uh, really sweet, really, really fun. Uh, I thought it was interesting because liver regeneration actually is a Mm -hmm. thing. So, what your liver is the only visceral organ that actually can regenerate, and I I read that you can up to. Um, 49% or almost like half of your liver and it will still grow back to the full size. So if you have like liver damage or if you, you can actually even be a donor to like a child, they could take part of your liver and then you would regrow your liver back. What? That's like, yeah. yeah. If you have cirrhosis and it's like necrotic tissue, like dead tissue or hardened tissue mm-hmm. and doesn't like the blood yeah. doesn't flow through it anymore. You can just chop that part off. Isn't that wild? As long as it's not the part that's like attached to the main part. <laughs> wow. But even then they can do some work around and reattach stuff. Yeah. That yeah. is so it's crazy. Like cut around it. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting because I'm sure that this story is super old before. Like how did they know that your liver could regenerate? Like there must have been. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This that. I just think it's really interesting that that's a thing oh and the other thing that i thought was really funny is that the eagle <laughs> is <laughs> called aedos cacaucios i that's probably completely wrong cacaucios cacaucios um and it's translated to caucasian eagle and i heard oh. this on like a different podcast i thought it was so funny like that that it was a an eagle sent by Zeus to uh, to do the thing, have his um, Prometheus pate every day. So <laughs> his Prometheus pate. 
Do you think he brought his own crackers or did he just like free ball it? (laughs) Like with the with the food processor, just like right there on the cliff. Well, if he's the Caucasian eagle. Oh, yeah. He brought his own like wafers, you know, those like really nice ones you get. Yeah, Yeah, I was envisioning like, you know, cars, table, water crackers in in those black boxes. You know, bring the car around like I'm like that kind of caucasian mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's how you know it's a fancy party when there's cars water crackers there i need to go it's eleven forty-five. i need to go eat my liver my prometheus pate <laughs> so then we're introduced to aedes uh and uh percy got her amber beads push present oh again. hey girl Ooh, that's four strands girl Get one two three four time to get pregnant again <laughs> Um, and he's described as smart and strange to Cersei, who pretty much raises him in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, let's uh, throw back to that Greek god candle because he is said to have smelled like honey and just kindled flames. Ooh! Um, so I like literally would buy the f out of that candle. Like we need to add this and yes. this needs yes. to happen because that sounds actually really nice. We're gonna make a list of all these candle scents. Um, I know it's gonna happen yeah i think and uh, we can uh invest in candles and daggers aedes reminds me of wheaties 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 with aedes um but aedes starts to open cersei up to who she is and kind of who she is inside her god godliness you know um and he even asked her to describe what it is and she ends up saying conch shell and all i could think about was lord of the flies if you've ever oh read that God. The conch. Kill the pig. Kill the pig. <laughs> Piggy, no. Uh, anyways, total aside. But um, she, Cersei tells him, uh, you know, about her help with Prometheus. And he advises her, you know, maybe think about it the next time you go against the gods. He says, uh, next time you're going to defy the gods, do it for a better reason. So he kind of puts her in her place about it. But I, I feel like he does it gently. Like he, I think after that, he kind of says, like, if they're going to turn my sister to Cinder, I'd rather see it for a better reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he basically is like, Prometheus is the god of prophecy. And he probably already knew that that was going to happen to him. So, you know, good on you, like, you know for fighting the man, but like find a, find a better way to do it next time. So he kind of puts this thought into her head. Um, Pasiphae also is married off in this chapter to Minos, 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 Probably Minos. I, think, yeah. I, Minos. I feel like I just read everything with like a Spanish accent and it's Minos. Min, Minos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> married off to Minos in this chapter and it's really going back to like no empathy helios is like the you know kind of head of this family it's just a marriage that kind of benefits him because minos is a son of zeus and he's a demigod um and again more of that hierarchy stuff with like oh there's actually demigods so they're not really gods they're not really mortals they're mortals with like these special powers um and i think that comes to play later in the novel too and Cersei gets to see mortals uh, in the uh, in their rotten sacks of flesh, right? In the rotten sacks of flesh <laughs> for the first time at the wedding. And um, that's also when Aedes announces that he's peacing out after the 
the marriage. Mm-hmm. And it really shakes Cersei up and makes her really sad. I mean, it's almost like he's more than a brother, but not quite a son to her. And it's just so easy for him to leave. It's so easy for him to be confident about himself mm-hmm. and who he is. And she, Cersei is just not there. And she gets almost kind of clingy. Um, and then after that, Percy's, you know, takes off not too long after. And everything kind of just goes back to how it was before. So Cersei's alone and at Helios's feet. It's just back to how it was before she's, you know, in that same cycle again. Um, and then she kind of gets so desperate that she ventures out to the shores that her and Aedes would play at when he was a child. And the chapter ends on this great line, you know, she says, and that is when I saw the boat. And in storytelling, there's something called the hero's journey, which was uh, popularized by Joseph Campbell. So if you ever took any kind of writing class, I'm sure you've heard his name yeah. a thousand times. But and it every made time he's brought it, it's like, there's this thing called the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. Like, we've never heard it before. And right? I'm not saying yeah. that this have is like everyone should know about hero's it. Journey? But yeah, if you've, if you've taken film classes in which you have to take writing or you've taken like creative writing, if you're in that major, like you've heard of him. And I, every professor yes. is like, and then you know, the yeah. hero's journey, like it's like brand new. Anyway. And the hero's journey. <laughs> well, and like it's interesting because I think I, if I remember correctly, I could be totally wrong, but that whole thing, the hero's journey was all based on his research of classical literature and classical stories. Mm-hmm. And I will say that mm-hmm. some of my favorite stuff is when they actually like don't follow the hero's journey. Um, or they do things that don't follow like the script when it comes to storytelling. Either way, I still felt like this was kind of her, you know, call to adventure, the hero, or in her case, heroine's like call to change. This is what's going to change the trajectory of her life. Right. So I love that you kind of end on this, this chapter on this, like, Ooh, what? She saw a boat. Like what's going on? You know, it's finally something's happening. Um, so I just thought that was really cool how Madeline Miller really like set that up to be this change of, you know, you feel like the wind shifting. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) You said it all, Rose. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. I worked hard on this chapter. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the boat is yeah. about. What's it about? <laughs> What's, What's that boat about? What's that boat about? Hey, hey. <laughs> Did you guys have any seriously Cersei moments for this this chapter? Seriously Cersei. Um, just again like a reverse seriously Cersei where because I was surprised again that he just left and I was like, seriously, Cersei? He just left? Like, the whole chapter was about how you finally found someone to connect with. And then he was like, goodbye. Okay, Peace out. A town down. Yeah. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. But yeah, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's still without without fault in this chapter. Yeah. I mean, I will say, like, I. It's not even that, like, I would fault her for being, like, clingy, but I almost felt embarrassed, like, secondhand embarrassment. You know what that is? Where you, like, just yeah. feel bad for someone else. Like, I almost felt secondhand embarrassment when she, like, like kind of started to, like, grab onto him or he had to, like, kind of, mm-hmm. like, throw her off and be like, hey, get your own island or whatever. Like, but then I also was like, 
he, I mean, he knows Cersei better than anyone else. He should know that she, like, she's probably told him everything about her life. Mm-hmm. And he should have that. Again, even then, even her closest confidant doesn't really have empathy for what she's going through and why it would upset her for him to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, Cersei and Aetes are, Aetes, Aetes, right? Yeah. When Cersei and Aetes are talking about, they're just, you know, they're just rapping, they're chit-chatting. Um, and Aetes asks her, how does your divinity feel? Which is kind of like a really abstract thing to say, right? It's almost like, what does your soul look like? Or, you know, it's like, how, how many yeah. times have you thought about what color is your aura? You know, <laughs> like, unless you yeah. go to somebody, uh, you know, to find that out. But, but you know, she, she struggles because she's not quite at the point of, she still, I think, is struggling with her reality, like we said before, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. And, um, you know, she's like, I don't know, it's like like a breeze or like a like a seagull screaming from the nest. And, and he's like, no, you're only saying these things because of how I described my divinity. You know, what does it really, really feel like? Like, look really inward and think about it. And she has trouble. She has trouble thinking about what her what her persona is, what her personality is, what her purpose and her soul is. Um but she hates to disappoint him. So she she tries to come up with something and she says that it's a shell. And he's like, yes, like, is it like a clam or a conch? And she says, a conch. And, you know, what he asked her, what's in the shell? And she says, nothing. There's just air. And I and what I thought was really interesting, and this is the part that I like, is that he says those are not the same. Nothing is empty void while air is mm-hmm. what fills all else. It is breath and life and sprint, the words we speak. Ugh. And she says, my brother, the philosopher. <laughs> do you know how many gods are such mm-hmm. only one other that i had met the blue sky arched above us but i was in that old dark hall again with its manacles and blood so she's still at this yeah. point you know he's technically her younger brother and he's able to come up with things to say and, and things to define who he is and she's still struggling it and immediately when she's confronted with having to define what it is that she is she thinks about the time when she realized her own reality and she's back in that hallway with manacles and blood and yeah. i thought that was so interesting and then she goes right so into good. telling him about her secret about prometheus and maybe talking about and calling upon the time when she felt real and i just was so drawn by that scene of like him being so yeah. confident and i know like i've been in situations too where you're talking to somebody and like if you're depressed about something or you're feeling anxious or some type of way and it's it feels like nobody gets it you know and you're talking to somebody and the, and you're like isn't the world a crazy place or like can you believe we're all alive like you're you're having a moment and the person's like i'm just eating a sandwich like i don't know what you're talking about like you know it's like <laughs> you just like yeah. feel so alone <laughs> and i feel like that's kind of how she felt when he was like talking about he's this like deep introspective person and she's like, I don't know a shell with air. Like, (laughs) right. Well, but also you, you look at, it's like such a stark contrast because she did, it's a testament to how well she raised him, you know, because essentially she was the biggest influence on his life. So he is this amazing, like blossomed, fully functional, really deep thinking God. I was going to say person, but he's, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's a God, but he, he's just got all these great attributes that I think 
she had definitely had a hand in and you think about her potential if she had been nurtured Mm -hmm. like that you know it's like no wonder she's stunted in all these ways because she wasn't raised the way he was with or at least not with that much love you know and that's so true yeah um, what's it called Uh, i want to say nourishment like nurturing um, yeah care care yeah not yeah, without that much love and nurturing. It's so interesting that you say that, Gloria, because I think that is just an angle I never even thought of when I read this. And I mean, this is the second time. And I think you're so right that he is the way he is because of Cersei. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting because it's almost like he's surpassing her or in a way. But I also enjoy that he's trying to like bring this out of her. Like he sees the world a certain way and he's like, I know she has the potential to see it like me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also will say that, you know, I, I just love that angle because I'm a mom and I'm a newer mom. And um, I will say too, like later in the book, there is some stuff that happens that I remember when I read it, it made me cry because I realized that I just read it differently because I'm a mom now and you just connect with those things a little bit differently when, once you have kids. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that it's almost like refreshing to hear that. I think Madeline Miller is a mom too. I'm pretty sure she is. And I, when I found that out, I wasn't surprised because I think she does a really good job of writing these child and mother like um relationships throughout the book and i think this is a great example of one where she's actually like mothering but i also think he has kind of surpassed her and is ready to like fly the coop and she still is like catching up to him Mm -hmm. um but i think that's true i think he would not have been this way if it hadn't been for cersei because nobody else was around really to like care to take care of him that's such a good angle, Gloria. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's yeah, like, it's, it's true. It is. She was like his mother and um, it makes me wonder. And again, I think I did this in the first week where I was like, maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but I, cause I haven't read the rest of the book, but maybe, you know, it makes me wonder if, you know, when we, when we grow up and we have our moment of leaving the nest and we, you know, move out for the first time or something, we, we have many years in which we're our own person and then at some point we realize you know my parents won't be around forever and we we kind of reconnect and we have this time in which we've we reconnect and try to find commonalities with our parents again and get to know them almost like as peers maybe not not peers necessarily Mm -hmm. but like we try to know them in a different way that we then we knew them as children or as teenagers or even as young adults um and so i wonder if maybe relationship like shifts you know yeah and so i wonder if maybe aats comes back eventually or she sees them again or i don't know it makes me wonder if if that will happen later in the book don't spoil it for me rose (laughs) no spoilers no spoilers try not to look because i'm like all right because he just left so abruptly i mean he was only in it for one chapter and he and he seems so important to her and so it makes me wonder if we Mm -hmm. will see him again later um as this like returning to the nest kind of thing i think that madeline or i think that what should we call her miss miller i don't even know should we get like maddie is she like on that level with us (laughs) are we friends with her (laughs) um are we like bff you know mads but just say the author mads you know me and mads I think the author, yeah, right, 
I think that she does do this great job too throughout the book where, and I felt this way reading it the first time where she would mention people and there would be a story told. And I, I always was like, am I going to see this person again? Or are we going to follow mm-hmm. up? Is this it? And I won't say like what happens, but it's just interesting. I felt that way on several occasions reading the book, like, wait, do we hear more? So I, I think you, you, are right about that, Kelsey, you know, just that feeling of like, that's it. Like, but I also think it's beautiful in its own way because you feel like Cersei, like that's it. That's all the time you get with him. Like, and now he's gone. So I think it almost, there's that sense of empathy there for you reading like enveloped in all of this. And I know that part of it for Mm -hmm. me that stood out too was her having to strike that balance between parent and sibling or like parent figure, I guess, and sibling, because I did that. Mm -hmm, Um, you know, I was the oldest of four and, um, you know, I had to kind of take over because we had like, you know, family issues and both my parents worked and stuff like that. Um, and so I was, I had to be very responsible from a young age. And also there was like six years between me or between myself and my next sibling. So, um, I was already pretty much older. So I was three, I was six, 12, six, nine, and 12 years older than my siblings. So I already naturally had that kind of maternal role, but it's interesting because you want them to be better than you, like a parent, you know, you want to improve them and give them everything they need to succeed and have a better life than you did. (laughs) And, you know, as a kid, it's really weird to have that because Mm -hmm. you also have that sort of competition where you're like, well, I want them to be better than me, but not too much better. You know, (laughs) like, I don't want to, I mean, good, but not too good. So I, I really felt <laughs> right? for her when she was like, I did all this for you and, but you're supposed to be my buddy too. And it, yeah, it just really struck a chord with me how, and he's like, bye. Yeah. How he just kind of took what she had to give and then left. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> this is also the chapter where she sees or does not meet yet. Daedalus. Yes. Who I think, because I peeked ahead, the only reason why I know, <laughs> is that he's a, he sticks around. <laughs> oh, did you look at the glossary? Well, I like flipped ahead. I, I'm I'm very bad at that. Like, oh. when I have a book, I, I do flip ahead and like see what's happening in the book. And I spoil myself right. um, all the time. So, but I did read the glossary too also. Yeah. It's okay. I... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know whether to mention him or not because I was like, well, he does come up later. I I think I liked the way that she described him. So that's kind of why it and and the fact that she's with Aetes when she sees Daedalus and what Aetes says is, of course, you like him almost like, yeah, he's your type. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like that's that's what I got from Aetes' comments almost like when you're at a club and you're like, look at that guy over there. And your friend is like, Oh, you would like him. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right. But they describe him as, um, you know, young, his head shaved clean in the Egyptian style and the skin of his face fitted comfortably into its lines. So almost like he's very at peace. Like he's very confident maybe. And then his clear eyes were not smoked with wine. Like everyone else's. A hot Egyptian man. Daedalus. Who doesn't drink too much wine. Daedalus. You know what that means. 
probably destined for angst and sorrow and bad things because this is Cersei we're talking about. (laughs) So thanks so much. Tonight was brought to you by our sponsors, HelloFresh. Just kidding. We don't have any sponsors at all. So. But I want to make an easy to use website on Wix.com. And I would like to have some kind of home security that can help keep me safe, like simply safe. And well, you guys, I hate to cut this short, but I got to go sleep on my Lisa mattress. (laughs) If you know of any companies that can help us with these issues, let us know. Yeah, we we will gladly oblige. (laughs) We will see you guys next week for another episode of Circling Cersei. Remember to leave us a five-star review, like, subscribe, comment. I'm trying to think of like all the things. Like, subscribe, comment, ask questions, send us feta cheese, and don't forget... No mayonnaise in ambrosia. Don't forget to leave the mayonnaise out of your ambrosia. Bye! Bye! CPOV. CertainPOV.com.